Welcome to Breaking the Couch, a weekly conversation demystifying what happens in and behind the therapy scene to support your healing journey. We're your hosts. I'm Dr. Dowson, a licensed clinical professional counselor, a certified school psychologist, and a trauma specialist with Playfully Psyched. And I'm Dr. Joe Harchi with Software Psychology, a licensed clinical psychologist. We're here aiming to provide you with mental health tools to address the cycle of generational trauma across the age span from infancy and childhood to adulthood. For more information, visit our Instagram page of Breaking the Couch or our website, breakingthecouch.com. While we hope you love listening to and learning from our podcast, it's not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. So I thought it would be really good for us to talk about some a topic that's been coming up, and you and I have also talked about this offline, but the inner child. We both engage in inner child work and find it really helpful for patients through their healing process and their, their, their recovery journey. Uh, but I'm not sure people really know when they hear inner child what that is, so I thought we could just start there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So with inner child, I tend to tell people, you know, that we have different parts, right? And so, for example, we might feel racing heart um, and totally go to your doctor if like there's a heart problem. But if you feel like a racing heart or you feel um, like a part of you that says do this thing and then a part of you that says don't right? Um, That's absolutely perfectly natural and understandable. And within our systems, we also might have like inner children or an inner child. Um, And that's kind of like, for some of us, a more tender part. For some of us, it's wounded parts. Um, No matter what, with the inner child, we are going to want to greet it with compassion and kind of gentleness. And that can be tough. That's easier said than done, sure. So there are certain things that folks can do in healing spaces, like with a therapist around kind of like de-escalating or bringing down the parasympathetic nervous system, basically like chilling out and kind of greeting their inner child, much like you would want to greet a outer child out in the world, right? Like we're not going to run up and scream and be like, hopefully not be like, you know, tell me everything, do everything. And I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready to have this open channel with you. And they're going to be like, what? And they're going to hide behind your leg and, you know, behind the other person's leg and try to get away from you. And, you know, the adults might do the whole, you know, like be polite thing or whatever. Um, But with our inner child, we have an opportunity to kind of like ground or anchor and come to them in uh, whatever way might feel comfortable for them. Sometimes with my inner child, it's just sitting near and it's not even talking or asking questions, really just like being near. I acknowledge listening to you this open channel. And people might be like, this is weird. That's totally fine. Um, I try to think of it like, trying to think of it like some people might get for example like they got paid on Friday just giving an example and they have like an itch to go do fun stuff or whatever and then their other side is like I've got to pay my bills like I don't need to spend money like this so that might be an example of like these different parts within um and so you know we also have an inner child and we can talk a little bit maybe about how we kind of cradle or be kind to the inner child in therapy and what that looks like clinically maybe. Mm -hmm. So um, I think so too. What you said 
I heard you say basically there's the soothing part or the gentleness when we're approaching our inner child. Uh, and then I heard you start to, to sprinkle in the play, right? The playfulness mm -hmm. and letting your inner child out to play and how there's a, there's a need and a place for both of those parts, even of the inner child itself. Uh, and so when you talked about like, maybe you get your paycheck and there's a part of you that like wants to go out and do something fun or wants to go out and play. I love the example given this in an episode in season, season one, where we kind of say, yeah, it's okay to, <laughs> you know what just came up? <laughs> I just thought about Tell me. your jellies. <laughs> Can we talk about? Oh, I forgot. I never, did I ever get those jellies? You got the jellies. Where I did those jellies them. go? I was so obsessed. <laughs> Well, yeah, you could talk about my jellies. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and it just cracks me up because, you know, <laughs> but the oh, jellies. I did get the jellies. Yes, thank you. You have a better memory than I do. Um, so we're talking about these shoes. <laughs> that, um, they probably still exist, but they existed for us when we were, when we were children. And these like little plastic shoes. Um that had like see-through holes in them and they were typically for children right and um dr jaharchi <laughs> found them in her adult life and was like so excited about them and like wanted to get a pair and then eventually got a pair and i was just like you're an adult wearing jelly <laughs> <laughs> but i just thought it was funny i was like she was so joyful about it and um then we kind of thought that's your inner child being able to like mm -hmm. play and wear these shoes that you know, you've always wanted to be able to wear and like revisit that part of your life and that time, that time of your life. And so, yeah, that's an inner child moment, right? And letting your inner child out to play, even no matter how old you are, if you want a pair of jellies, right? Like, and you can afford to get the jellies, go get the jellies, right? Like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can totally be in all those kind of ways. I'm so happy you reminded me of the jellies because now I'm on those platform shoes that I had when I was a little older than the inner child. So I'm like, okay, let me not go there. Gotcha. I get I get what marketing is doing over here. Mm -hmm. They they know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, if they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's right. It's like it could be like an external loving on ourselves. It could be an internal thing of you know, sitting there and kind of like um, getting acquainted with listening to the parts. Um, the cool part is, is that not one part of us is driving the bus because some people will be like, well, my inner child doesn't want to go to work, but I have to. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're not having the inner child send us these messages. It's just getting attuned with our whole self. Um, mm -hmm. it's just kind of not stuffing down parts of ourselves. And the person who, um, invented internal family systems says that there are no bad parts. Um, Dr. Schwartz, he says, there are no bad parts, no part of us, even these parts of us that we try and push down that we used to call like shadow parts in psychology, like addictions or these kind of things. Like they're actually usually trying to protect us and mm -hmm. getting acquainted with them isn't as scary as we think when we come from a place that's anchored and we kind of allow all these things, you know, and, and doesn't mean we allow any part of again to like make decisions mm -hmm. it's just that we're opening those channels or communicating with those parts of us yeah I love that you know I always have to draw connections and so when I hear that and there are no bad parts I think about shame 
Mm. And how I was saying, like, because shame is the belief that the self, you as who you are, is bad. Well, if there are no bad bad parts, then the self it the self can't be bad. Yeah. And you could tell me that every day. That is so good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so just like yeah. wanting to put that out there, right? If there are no bad parts, then you can't possibly be all bad. Right. Mm -hmm. Um so I, I love that. And I, I also think about from the inner child perspective, right? And I explain this to people sometimes. When you experience a traumatic, you know, something traumatic in your childhood, oftentimes the sensory experiences, so how it feels in your body, the smells, the sounds, what people are saying, all those things get locked and trapped in that version of you, in your child self, right? And so even when we re retell it or you experience it, you're experiencing it or retelling it through the lens of your four-year-old self, of your six-year-old self, of your eight-year-old self, mm -hmm. right? And so when we're thinking about these healing practices, right, whether it's meditation, just kind of sitting with your inner child, it's because we need to go back to that age. We need to go back to that experience in order to help that part of you heal, right? Um, otherwise, it gets it it stays like that, and that's why we do some of the external things too. Of like, yeah, go get your jellies, girl. It's okay, <laughs> <laughs> because we want you know, the inner child to be able to play and experience joy in ways that were robbed from them when a traumatic experience occurs. You know? One of the things that I do often is, and I might've talked about this in season one, I don't remember, but I when I work with adults, I tend to see them as a four, like their four-year-old self. Um, and I'm not exactly sure why it's four years old-ish. I think it's maybe because it's that cusp of, it's like a five is a, a huge developmental age and change. Um, and four is like right in the middle. They're not, they're not really what we think about early, early childhood and like baby and toddlers. And yet they're not at that huge, like five-year-old developmental shift. Um, so it's like a really vulnerable age, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that is often mistaken for an age where they're so capable, right? Because four-year-olds right. have a little bit more language and they're doing a lot more things. And, you know, people are like, oh, but you're getting ready for like kindergarten, right? So there's a lot of like pressures on the four-year-olds, but they're still so vulnerable and can't usually handle the pressures that are put on them. And so when I'm working with adults and I can usually, there's something they're telling me, uh, experience that they've had, and I'm picturing their four-year-old self, which helps me have so much more empathy and compassion and gentleness for them right. because I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm talking to an adult, we, we might be harsh sometimes with adults. We might say just us as people, not necessarily therapists, but we might say things like people have heard it, get over it, or, mm -hmm. you know, that was in the past or time heals all wounds. It should be, you should be fine now. Right? Or I'll find myself like struggling internally to kind of get what they're saying. Cause I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, the kind like, of dismissing inside. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Until I see the four-year-old, like you said. Yeah. yeah, and then you're like, mm -hmm. oh, right? Because you see this little, and you're like, oh, you, you got hurt. You're like, you know, all the yeah. back, they are like, oh, wait, like, 
how do I help mm-hmm. you? Or how do I help you fix this? Or how do I whatever? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it just helps with so much empathy and compassion to realize that we were all for once. That's right. right. We were all for once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just think that can be really helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah. And when we do that as therapists, like some of the, I remember like one of the times I was doing like um, several EMDR sessions in a row with someone mm-hmm. or like kind of extending the sessions, um, they were getting to different, like it was almost like um, different lights uh, within the, the same light stream, like kind of just this um, different flashbacks essentially of their trauma. Mm-hmm. And um, they were kind of pushing out a part of them that scared them. And when I was able to, I think, see that part, and even though it was a scary part for them, it felt very, um, you know, violent and scary and big and and different from how they are actually, like very just kind and gentle. And um, when I was able to name that and and see that part with compassion and actually gratitude mm-hmm. like hey i actually really think this part because even though it's giving you trouble over there and internally um you know i i see what it had to do when you were really little to help you to survive so some of these parts um you know an inner child part might feel like lots of abandonment for example and so like another part might come in and protect and you know I'm no expert in this but I was able to acknowledge that with them and they were able to also thank that part and then we got to to kind of reducing the the distress that they felt around the trauma so it's it's like no magic but it kind of feels like it you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really happy about the inner child yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> I think healing for some for some people always feels like magic right mm-hmm this one point where you are in pain and you're hurting and you're scared. And then eventually there's a point where you're no longer in pain and you're no longer scared. And then, oh my, where you actually feel good and joy (laughs) and excitement, you know? And so like we get in those points where you feel like it's, I'm always going to feel this way. Right. Like I'm always going to be scared. I'm always going to, I need to push this away. I got to. And so I think healing and, and experiencing healing allows for people to experience magic in some way. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. I'm really happy that we could talk a little bit about the inner child. I know you and I have referred to the inner child. I know in our episode with Devaney Knight, she referred to the inner child. Um, maybe even some of our other guests, I'm not sure, but we've talked about the inner child. So I'm happy we were able to take a beat and kind of explain what the inner child is. And then I love your analogy and I use it in my own therapy practice of like picturing the four-year-old within. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just to kind of have gentleness with all their parts. Easier said than done, but if you have questions, you could always ask us more. Yeah. Yes, please, please do, right? We want your engagement. Reach out to us, tag us on Instagram, leave a comment on our website, breakingthecouch.com. You can leave a voicemail if you want to, if you go in through Anchor, that's available too. 
We'll make sure that in the show notes, we will add uh, the book. I think it's called No Bad Parts, right, by Dr. Richard Schwartz. So we'll add a link to our bookshop, which allows us to give back to local bookstores and uh, does give us a little bit of a kickback. And we forgot to announce this in, in episode one, but this is our farewell season. So uh, hopefully we'll catch up with season one and then this is season two. We'll have a nice full season and then we'll be saying goodbye uh, to breaking the couch. So until next time. If you are looking for a therapist for yourself or your child, you can visit our websites, playfullypsych.com or softheartpsychology.com. We appreciate you joining us this week and can't wait till there's another opportunity to jump on the couch with you next week.